What's up, Hawklings? It's Sean here for Electric Talk. And today we have a very special live episode from Denver, Colorado, at the place where the people do the dancing around the globe. And I'm talking about Global Dance Festival. Um, so you might be wondering why Tony is not here right now. It's because he got the chance to interview for amazing, wonderful human beings at Global Dance um, in two separate interviews. So first, we've got Kyrel and Benko. Uh, Tony talked to them about their move from Chicago to Denver, their roots in hip-hop, and uh, maybe a potential collab with a high-caliber hip-hop artist. I mean, you'll have to listen to, you know see or hear who it is um but anyways i'm going to toss it over to tony at global dance festival he's going to be talking to these four artists tony take it away all right today on a very special episode of electric talk guys we have chiral and benko from chicago now currently residing in denver colorado i just got to catch them throw down at the tundra stage at global dance festival here at the Broncos stadium um honestly i have no words for the set i'm gonna let them kind of you know retell how they felt and you know like was it a good set where they like oh god i freaking hated today oh gosh i'm never doing this again um but first off we're just gonna hear from them this is uh bennett banco uh, i will say it was close to being almost hating this day during soundcheck we had our computer backup computer number one overheat almost uh completely shit the bed can i swear <laughs> almost completely pooped the bed and then we ended up having our boy Mport come in like a silver horse on the horizon with his MacBook. Uh, we used his big ups Mport for letting us use his computer. It was very, it was a scorcher today in Denver. Uh, but the set went very well. We were very pleased. We had our boy Joe Fallon TV on the visuals. Um, yeah, it went very well. We were testing out a whole lot of new music that we're going to be releasing soon, and a bunch of stuff that we have out. The Snow GP with Wakan, um, a bunch of other stuff. But it was a, it was an amazing day was squared up to be a lot worse but it ended up panning out very well yep most stressful morning i've ever had probably <laughs> pretty much wasn't ready until about 20 minutes before the set uh high 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 anxiety but yeah on stage i mean that felt amazing just like non-stop chills about just the fact that it was working <laughs> we're just so excited that we were actually going to be able to do it because that was uh yeah really close Real close one. <laughs> All right. And in case you could not tell, um, our microphone uh, is not working. So at least their set is going a little bit better than my charging uh, of the lapel microphone. Um, but we did get to catch uh, some or a pretty crazy collab um, that they played about like halfway through towards the end of the set. Um, it is a collab with their friend Import that ended up saving the day, and I can't stop thinking about it personally. The way that it kind of like rolls off the tongue in my head through my ears is kind of crazy, honestly. Um, but I want to hear about like the process of collabing with them, uh, or them collabing with Import. Um, and by the way, that is Import with no I, just so you know. Um, but yeah, I just want to hear about the creative process. Is it like 
they're like, hey, this is how we're doing it, and Import's like, all right, whatever, or like, is it like they're spitballing on Discord or something like that? We're going to catch up more. Um, yeah, Mark, Mark is a very close friend of ours out here in Denver. Uh, we met him probably right when he moved out here when he was running lights at Beta, which is now closed, but we have been... He's one of the easiest people that we've ever collabed with because he's always over in our studio. And, uh, yeah, it's very free form, nonstop. We do, we do a lot of, we do a pretty interesting process when we collab. We often, like, implement uh, sort of a hot share, if you will, like a 15, 20-minute rotation. Doesn't always work out like that, but it, it's, a, it's a very fluid way of making sure everyone gets their, their hands on the, on the track. Um, but Mark is one of, definitely one of our favorite people to collab. We have, we have a, basically like a whole EP done with Mark. Um, none of them are released yet, but proud of the boy as well for playing today. Um, we have a lot, of, a lot of music on the way with, with Mark, with Mport. Yeah, Mport is definitely one of our best friends out here who has made it super natural as a person to collab with. Everything goes very fluid pretty much every time. We just tend to have like the same kind of mental energy when it comes to putting putting a track down, and yeah, he had uh, he had a good hand in the Snowy GP helping us with that and like the final stages. Um, he's on a handful of vocals, and yeah, he's always been super creative and down to get extremely weird with us when it comes to making music and sound design. Yeah. But uh, yeah, really excited for all the, <laughs> really excited for all the the tunes that we have with them. Uh, hopefully coming soon. Sweet, and we are just getting a ton of cliffhangers here. We're getting uh, an EP that is unreleased with import. We're getting an EP that is prepared for Wakan. Um, but I want to know. We're we're hearing about you know kind of like the the fruits of success. I want to know like how did you guys like become friends like. Are you guys like long lost brothers? Um, and how did you guys decide to make the move to Denver, Colorado from Chicago, Illinois? Yeah, so uh, me and Colin and I went to University of Illinois together. We uh, didn't meet until my junior year and Colin's senior year. I think I graduated. Or he was already graduated at that point. But uh, Colin was a very prolific uh, DJ at the, at the bars around on campus. And I was always very blown away at uh, the traversions through tempos and genres. And uh, a friend of our, a mutual friend of ours, introduced us when I was a junior, and we like immediately just started making music. And uh, shortly after, started getting booked. We 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 really were thinking for a long time about a name, and kind of just went with uh, throwing an X between two previously determined names for ourselves. And our buddy designed the insignia, and it was kind of just haven't switched up since. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, really, we've been living together out here in Denver now for probably like four years now. And yeah, it's been amazing to go from Chicago, where we moved after college, um, coming out here. It's like a whole different sort of like world in terms of bass music, electronic music, and the scene here. Uh, we have a great team at Mindwarp Management that we met out here as well. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of obviously are sort of brothers at this point. We bicker and uh, are at each other's necks a lot, but um, we kind of work pretty fluidly in terms of creation and live performance. And, uh, yeah, really not not too much story in terms of what brought us out here. Um, I I moved out here before Colin. My my girlfriend's sister just arbitrarily got a teaching job out here, and my girlfriend, who we also went to college with, um, we just decided to pack up and send it out here. 
and then Colin shortly followed uh, after about a year, year and a half, maybe two years. But yeah, been here ever since and uh, pushing it, pu been pushing it out here in the, the beautiful scene that exists in Denver. Yeah, we, uh, when we met, we were definitely really, really into like trap music, uh, Uzi, Flosterdamus. That was like our, our go-to stuff that really inspired us to like, or at least me to start making music uh, and some like Skrillex stuff. But like we weren't ready, like sound design wise to be like working on that. But uh, we did that for a while. And after Ben moved to Denver from Chicago, I stayed out there another year really kind of wanting to keep being in Chicago and doing that. But uh, when I decided to come out here, it actually was super life-changing. Went to uh, Sonic Bloom for my first time ever, and that completely rewired my brain into wanting to make, like, bass music, uh, like, weirder dubstep stuff. And, yeah, pretty much have been doing that now for the last, like, three or four years. And, uh, yeah, we've got... It's, it's funny because like we know and are making so much of this music, but there's not still that much of it out. So we've been like doing it for a while, but a lot of friends from home like still think that we like just do trap music, which is hilarious. But yeah, we're, uh, we're nonstop grinding out here on, on the deep wubs and uh, going to keep going. To clarify, we're still making hip hop music. Uh, I, just, I just released my, my first hip hop track ever. And it's nice to have the outlet uh, with Nat Nat also, by the way. Uh, Pipus the Wise's brother, R.P. Pipus. Um, but we released, uh, yeah, my first hip-hop track ever. So we're definitely still uh, sticking to our roots. I, I was a hip-hop producer in high school and still just, like, churning out beats all the time. Um, and to have an outlet for those now and while simultaneously doing the experimental bassy stuff has been uh, rather rewarding to sort of stick to the roots and evolve quite a bit. That's cool. It's nice to hear that you actually do make beats because, I mean, it sounds like you do. So it'd be like almost a travesty if whoever was like influencing that part of y'all's music or the sets, it would be like a waste almost if you guys weren't making beats. So that's really nice. Um, so that brings me to second to last question and we can start wrapping it up. Uh, the second to last question is if you, you can choose between one to three, but if you were on an island and you could only listen to one to three sets or mixes or like live recordings, yeah, I know. What would it be? On an island. Well, I'll, I'll say my favorite show of all time was two summers ago, maybe three, was at Flume at Red Rocks. It was sort of a life-changing show because uh, flute I've studied flume for a long time just the way he uses like random percussion and the way he spaces his tracks and like that was a very euphoric evening and that would be probably my one that would stick out the most right now that and maybe like rl grime at the boulder field house like four three four years ago that was also like chaotically large uh but yeah those are my two that come to mind right away so if i were on an island and only got to listen to one to three sets <laughs> um, yeah I mean right now one of my hugest inspirations has been from seeing him at Sonic Bloom years ago was Charles I those are always like very journey like adventurous uh, sounds and yeah we did just get to play with him in Tampa um, and that was super cool uh, but yeah something like that would be awesome I also love house music 
some of my favorite dudes coming out of LA right now are No Thanks. They uh, they definitely really hit the spot for for the type of house music that I have been super into recently. Um, and then like a beach though, you know, like if we're on an island, like I don't know, someone like Odessa, Tycho, uh, you know, even throw Kygo in there, dude. <laughs> That's you know the epitome of beach music. <laughs> but yeah, I need a little diversity. Yeah, and oh god, just throw Cursa in there too. Well, that's four, Colin. Yeah, he kind of broke the rules, but we'll forgive him because they killed it today. Um, we all faced the adversity of 50% thunderstorms, and we are so far coming out on top. Um, but so the last question that I have for the Cairo and Benko boys on this just great Friday of Global Dance Festival, um, this comes to if you guys could work with any producer, who would it be? Skrillex. Uh, Skrillex. <laughs> he was definitely the main source of why I ever downloaded Ableton. Uh, and he's just constantly is pushing his own boundaries, doing pop music, house music. He did like the dubstep, bro step, like now the supersonic song is just absolutely unreal. So yeah, I mean, he's just a day one person that has been like one of my biggest inspirations just for everything he's been doing and everything he's done for the scene. Um, that's, a, that's a tough question. I'm, uh, I'm just going to kind of go off top here, under, underprepared with a phone in my hand. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably, I would probably go off top and say Arl Grime just because... Yeah, coming up, uh, just trying to do this as a career, he was always putting out the most game-changing shit, still is, and he, he had uh, the whole clockwork side project with the house stuff, and it's very versatile with his new label and everything. Yeah, I mean, hip-hop production, though, that's a good point, Colin. I would say probably probably Lex Luger, dude. I mean, he's made some of the biggest uh, hip-hop tracks of all time. Pretty much the whole... Uh, Pretty much the whole Jay-Z Kanye album from back in the day, in which I would not like to say the title of right now, just due to, uh, but uh, yeah, Lex Luger, Kanye West, like dream, dream boy, Kanye West. I'll get on a beat with Kanye if it comes down to it, but just got to keep pushing. I personally think that a Cairo and Benko and Kanye West collab would be great. <laughs> the only problem that I have with it is I'm going to be dead before it ever comes out. Like, I'm going to be, be sitting in my computer. We're still waiting on Donda. I mean, I don't, I don't know what we're expecting. There's so many people that are just, like, sitting in their cars outside the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, and they're, like, contemplating these, like, $500 plane tickets they bought. But you know what? I don't feel bad for them. They could have bought tickets to come see Cairo and Banco at Global Dance. So they kind of fucked up in that way. Um, but... Sincerely, I want to thank the Cairo and Banco boys for finding me and taking me into this locker room and uh, not violating me. Um, but other than that, uh, I am Tony from Electric Talk, and I'm Banco from Kyle X Banco. Big ups Electric Talk, because uh, you guys are putting out nothing but gasoline constantly. Thanks, guys. This is Cairo. <laughs> Shout out all the boys and uh, yeah, come come catch a set and see what we're all about. All right, guys, all you Hawklings, be safe out there. We'll see you guys later. And in our second interview, got to talk to Fun Case, Dr. P.
about their back-to-back at Global Dance Festival, how the pandemic has changed the way they've been making and playing music at festivals and clubs. And, you know, they tell us the most important thing you should be doing every single day, and that's stretching. Good evening, Hocklings. This is Tony from Electric Talk. We are joined and blessed by the Dubstep Dons of England, Funtcase and Dr. P. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> and they actually just finished playing a set at the Northern Lights stage here at Global Dance Festival in Denver, Colorado. Um, we, there was flames, there was fire, there was lasers, there was everything that you can expect Um how do you guys think it went, just overall? I mean, I had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> you talk as if it's oh, only you that had a good... No, I, I mean, I had a good time. He, he hated it. I could, I could see he hated it. <laughs> I mean, Denver, Denver crowds are always good fun. Yeah, so yeah Denver good. crowds will definitely get down with you. Yeah. If you're in the mood. Definitely. Um, did you guys have any, like, highlights from the from the set? Was there any, like, songs that you're looking forward to playing out live after all this time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have, I have a lot of stuff I'm testing out for uh, for DPMO recordings and, and DPMO compilations, so uh, I, it's always good to tell which ones get the biggest reactions, and then I can kind of plan accordingly to what gets released and when and where, get, where it gets put, um, and also some stuff of my own that was just testing out as well, so, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get to play any of my unreleased stuff, so oh. I didn't have time. Like, you know, we only had 30 minutes each, so yeah, it's back like, to back. Yeah. I, I ran out of time. And, <laughs> and so when you guys do a back-to-back, like, you guys have done this back-to-back a lot of times. Like, I've seen it at, you guys did it at Lost Lands, Yes too, and I no, think. we haven't done it a whole yeah. bunch. We've done it more as a back-to-back-to-back, rather yeah. than, we've done Rampage as a back-to-back. The two, just the two of us, not that often. Yeah, really, maybe be it's surprised. like every time I feel like you guys are on a lineup and I'm there, it's like <laughs> you guys are going back-to-back. Yeah, maybe it's, a, maybe it's like a triple back-to-back when we used to get a cookie in it or something, but, yeah, me and, me and Dr. P really haven't actually done that many back-to-backs just, just as us, so this is kind of a... A new, a new territory for us, really. It's quite, it's quite easy. I feel like just the two of us. We both have like very clearly defined styles of what we play, so it's really easy to just. He does his thing, I do my thing, yeah. and it merges quite nicely together. It's almost like flicking a switch. Doctor P, Funk Case, Doctor P, Funk Case. Like you know what you get in, but it doesn't sound like it does, the tracks don't sound completely off from each other. They just, they just, they work as one consistent energy but you just know what you're getting when you hear each side you know so yeah it's good work yeah that's awesome because there are some back-to-backs that i've personally seen and you're like all right guys like we need to pick a vibe here <laughs> yeah because yeah. like i can't be like jumping around and headbanging at the same time <laughs> yeah a lot i mean a lot of a lot of good professional djs who know what they're doing will kind of communicate with who they're with like when i was playing tonight i was like i'm gonna play like a, you know more rhythm stuff now take the tone down so that kind of set the mood for him to plan his next steps for the for the more minimal styles. So, yeah, I mean, if you know, if you know, what, I'm not saying you know the people who go back to back don't know what they're doing, but should be planning that sort of stuff. You know, really communicating is a communication is the key. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so what we used to do as <laughs> bands on stage, you have to do the same thing. So oh, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or what you do for a living. Communication is the key. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. what <laughs> my degree is in because I realize I need to get better at talking to people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How to win friends and influence people? Have you ever read that book? No. Oh, you should read it. It was a friends that influence people. How to win friends oh, to fr- and win influence friends. people. Yeah, yeah it, that's um, cool. I like I like that kind of stuff a lot. <laughs> yeah, it literally it was published like a hundred years ago. Oh wow. But yeah, it literally taught me how to talk to human beings <laughs> because talking to human beings doesn't come naturally. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So I literally read a book. It taught me how to do it, and I'm like, 
I understand now. I can talk to people. I need to read this book. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So speaking of basically 100 years ago, I have an old question for you. Um, I want to know, like, kind of like the process or not exactly like the creative process, but like making the last one standing remix. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Very specific. Yeah, it's kind of 100 years ago. Um, I don't know if like you had anything that you could think of that. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things with that one. So. I had two remixes due on the same day, which I've never had before. Why would you allow that? Yeah, it was so much pressure. (laughs) And uh, I had one day to finish it, and it was like the 23rd of December. So it was like (laughs) just before Christmas. I was like trying to get ready for Christmas, had those two tracks to finish, and I just had to sit in the studio and finish both. I'm glad you uh, did. That song. Oh, I was just like incredibly stressed the whole time. <laughs> it was that and my Finesh Solo remix, if oh, you remember that. I yeah. think I remember that one. Yeah, um, I had to finish them both on the same day and I was like so stressed. I thought, oh my God, these tracks are both terrible. Like no one's going to like them. And then, yeah, luckily both of them uh, went Did quite really, well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so then I love that. It's like one of my favorite like old dubstep like vibe songs. Oh, okay. Like just seeing it on a stage is like awesome um and then my question for you is as you're i'm a big like melodic kind of fan and right. so that's why i had to sprint over you guys a set halfway through because i was seeing elenium yeah of course i'm yeah. very basic yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> but, i love elenium personally yeah same same i'm same a big too. fan yeah i'm yeah. glad that we, we both are honestly so yeah good then i'll have good things to say with, to you guys after the recording ends yeah um <laughs> So for you, you're making like Without and Flames with yeah. Dia Frampton, who even made, uh, I think she made Leaving with. She uh, did the whole bunch, yeah. yeah. And she, um, Need, Need You as well with Lenny. Needed, you, that's Needed you was what the track that actually got me to want her on my track, Flames. That was actually the track that inspired me. But it's the same with Without as well. Like Instead of us finding a, a, a singer, like I had my eyes set on, um, or my ears even, set on uh, certain singers because I love their sound. So Gold by Elenium and Excision, was done by a band called Shallows, which was actually Danny Poppet, who's the singer on Without. So oh. it's the same singer. So yeah, I love the sound, I love the style, and I, we just we went and chased them down and got them, really. Oh, so, that yeah. is awesome. Shouts to my manager, that. Sad, on the side, who, who uh, did the work for that one as well. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, what, you just heard Gold and you were like... Oh, I heard Gold and I was like, that's a sick voice. Let's give it a go. I've got this melodic thing. And then the same thing with Flames, wrote Flames, and I was like, right, who do we go for? I had a few names. Dylan Matthews is one of them. Oh, yeah. I really want to do um, a track with Dylan Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's I there, sent him he? something, but he didn't want to do it. So. <laughs> he was too busy for Flames, unfortunately. Yeah, but, I'm going to have to send him something else. Yeah. <laughs> but it was Dylan Matthews is one of the names. Uh, Dear Frampton was obviously one of them. And uh, yeah, just a couple of uh, other names. But yeah, we went, went, went head in deep, deep for, uh, for Dia and got her, luckily. So yeah, big high profile singer for that one. Well, that's awesome. They seem to have been pretty successful, and people seem to be very receptive to like being like a more emotional front case. Surprisingly which, like, so, yeah. It's an I oxymoron in itself. Yeah, front like, case was never like a musical. No, nah, there's been it? musical stuff that but front like, case has done. I know you're capable like of it, but yeah. you never like let it go. No, nah, I mean it's my it's my loyal fan base. Like I've got a loyal fan base because I've I've pretty much stuck to the one sort of energy and craziness that my music's become, but. Without was kind of the foot in the door of, hey, I do more than just, you know, break your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Flames was just, I don't know, Flames, there was no reason for Flames to happen. I just wrote it one day during Corona. I was like, this is working out. And then I sent it to my manager and he was like, yo, this is turning pretty nice. So like, I was like, right, I'll finish it then. Fuck it. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Well, that's super cool. I love when artists get to like go outside like their scope or boundaries that yeah. like people set for them. Um, yeah, yeah but it's I mean, I, I mean, over Corona, I wrote a lot of musical stuff, like a lot, like yeah, so way more I. musical stuff than than club stuff. But it, like, I think it's because we didn't get to test it out. No, not being in the clubs like really affected my music. Yeah. I became like super duper like musical, and because I was only hearing it at home. Yeah, you're the only critic basically, <clears> like <throat> unless you're sending it to like your yeah. friends or your manager. Whereas normally you get to hear it in a club and see the dance floor reaction so things end up sort of like being tailored to the dance floor yeah I see that I see yeah. that yeah and that's again I did a remix of uh, Crawl Out of Love by Elenium which I played tonight as well yeah that um, uh, was basically what I ran over to the stage to oh right yeah a, a seamless transition <laughs> yeah but yeah I don't know it's just, it just I don't know all that musical stuff came naturally over Corona but now I'm playing shows I'm itching to make some, some angry yeah, stuff yeah same right yeah I've literally been just like writing bangers while I'm on tour just because I'm just back in the clubs yeah that's awesome I was like so worried that like <laughs> I was worried for sure like I would get back here and I would like forget how to dance or like, <laughs> like get in line for a porta potty yeah but, so I'm glad that you guys feel like you're like kicking it right back up well it's funny you mention that because when, when I played my first shows and even being in like like the places that we knew like you know like the back of our hand was like airports just forgetting the most basic stuff taking off shoes <laughs> Like taking out certain electrical items, like we we'd be like robots. We wouldn't even be in focus. We'd just be like everything off, everything's done, and push it through security. But like I'm I'm like walking through with my shoes on, like one <laughs> laptop still left in my bag, and like and uh, same with like on stage. Like it was like I didn't really know my set, and I was kind of just testing things. And my mixes were a little bit shoddy for the first set, and then it just it's like a light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, oh yeah, sweet. Yeah, this is how I DJ. <laughs> after about four or five shows, I was like, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. we're in the zone. We're definitely yeah. in the zone now. Yeah, definitely. yeah. You guys looked in the zone when I got yeah. there. I Which was like, it? yeah, it was weird at first, <clears throat> like just being on stage and being in front of people. Like mm -hmm. three weeks ago when we first got here, it was just so strange. And what was the first show back for you guys? Uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty <laughs> random <laughs> area. It was a pretty <laughs> random place, but it was a really good marker because it was like. I, oh, dude, like the the power cut out like literally three minutes into the start oh, yeah. of my set, like the great comeback. The power, literally the entire block powered. It was kind of nice though because it was a really small city and the power cut happened, so we only did forty minutes each. <laughs> so it was like a really soft start. So yeah. being back at a DJ, yeah, so it was quite extent. nice. Yeah. Well, was it supposed to be like two hours? Like no, it was one. Hour, it was one hour each, but uh, yeah, because of the because of the power age, it just took so long for them to get it back on. So yeah, we just didn't manage to. Uh, <laughs> we didn't manage to play a full set but it was kind of nice was like, good. it was we, good yeah it was just because it kind of eased us into okay well, this is the flow you know you're... it's been so weird just remembering how to be a DJ like I literally <laughs> feel like I forgot how to be a DJ yeah and my, like my on stage fitness as well as fun case my, I, like, I could go for an hour and I'm good like I'm breathing pretty heavily like before but like now I was like the first three shows I was like 20 minutes dude I was done. See, yeah. I feel more fit than I did before. Do you? Yeah. What have you been doing during the <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sat on my ass eating cake. Just oh, sitting at home for a year and a half made me more fit. <laughs> <laughs> just not being on I'd tour. Been, like mowing the lawn and like just cleaning the house and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I have one last quick question for you. Yeah. Um, and then I got one just last quick question for both of you guys. Okay. Um, so the one for you is... 
How long do you stretch before you go on stage? About five, five to ten minutes. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a long process. I'm get, I'm not getting younger. I'm about to be 35 <laughs> in a week, so my five uh, years, you'll be 40 years old yeah, in a mask, yeah, dumping yeah. around. So well, hopefully, yeah. If people still like me by then, but yeah, I'll be 40 years old in five years, like stretching before a set, going, oh, I remember when I was 34 and I was so fit. I wish I was as fit as that now, but yeah. All right, well, I'm glad because there's been a couple of times where you come out like opening with 50 caliber or something and I'm like, yeah. I should have stretched. <laughs> I hope he stretched. Yeah, no, sometimes I don't stretch and I really feel it. The, the thing that really gets me is kind of my neck. Like I do as many neck stretches as possible, but it really gets so tense. So, yeah. All right. Last quick question. If you guys were on stuck on a desert island and you could only listen to one live set or mix or something, a recorded set... What's like the first thing that pops in your head? Uh, there's an Andy C mix from like 2005 that I had on CD that I used to listen to every single day, <laughs> and it literally like shaped my music taste. That's awesome. I haven't listened to it for years, but that would be the one for me. You're like the only person that immediately is like, I got one. <laughs> Everyone yeah. else is like, oh gosh, let me think. <laughs> yeah, that mix for me, like, yeah. It, it, it created my whole like taste in music. Oh, I'm so glad that you got to hear it. <laughs> I don't have a specific like like him. I think for me it would just be drum any kind of drum and bass mix with a lot of mixture of styles in, just because it's so diverse. But I know uh, a good Andy C mix from like 2005. Really? really enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> you mentioned that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about it. All right, guys. Well, I hope you had fun today. Yeah. Um, I hope you guys got <laughs> welcome back to Denver as you usually are, and yeah. I really really appreciate you guys talking to me it means the world yeah thanks for uh, talking to us all right well this is tony from electric talk and we are going to sign off for the night bye bye